Today I'm talking to Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle, author of Divine Mercy in a Woman's Life, Milestones Along the Way. Donna Marie, it's good to have you here today. Thank you so much, Chris. It's great to be here again. Thanks for having me. Now, I wanted to have you back to speak especially about one of the biggest and hardest topics in the whole Christian tradition, uh, yes. the love of our enemies, the, that command of Christ to love our enemies. It's not, it's not optional, unfortunately. Why? Why do we have to love our enemies? Well, that is the million-dollar question. Well, first and short answer, of course, would be that God asks this of us, and like you said, even demands it of us. He instructs us to do this, you know, love your enemies and pray for those who, who persecute you. You know, we see it all through Scripture, you know, many places, forgive and you'll be forgiven. You know, Jesus said himself, whatever you do to the least of my brothers, you do to me. So that helps us to consider what are we doing and what are we not doing, you know, when we're treating others. You know, so we could we could take some time in our prayer lives, you know, carve out some time and think about that and pray about that. And we know from Scripture, of course, that Peter asked Jesus you know, how many times he needed to forgive. Was it seven? You know, seven times? And you know, Jesus said, no, it was 77 times. You know, we see this in Matthew 18, 21, 22, I think. You know, so forgiveness, forgiving especially our enemies, it is, it's so, so difficult, and it's a continued, a continual process, because, you know, it's very tough to forgive someone, especially who might not even have remorse for, you know, what they've done to you. You're still stinging from their wrongdoing, right? But with God's grace, it's possible, but we have to pray and ask God for help. And, you know, the devil tries to tempt us to hold a grudge, you know, to wallow in, uh, you know, negativity and to, you know, negative feelings and to even throw a pity party for ourselves, you know, because, you know, who sometimes, I mean, we might think, well, who wants to forgive that, that wrongdoing? But in doing so, in forgiving, in praying for the grace and really forgiving, our enemies or someone who's harmed us, um, we're not condoning the action. So there's a, you know, misconception there. People might think, well, Christians are crazy. They forgive their enemies or they're supposed to. And, you know, that's wrong because this all this terrible stuff. But it, we're not condoning it and we're not saying, saying it's okay. And we're not even saying we feel okay, you know, mm -hmm. after that was done to us. But we give it to God, we pray. And it is a continual process because, you know, we have a memory, you know, we forgive, but we, you know, we don't always forget. We remember those things, but I would like to suggest that when they come back to our mind, you know, maybe the devil's trying to stir things up, you know, and make it or make you, cause you to remember certain things, to give it immediately to God. Mm -hmm. to, to, we've, we've forgiven, we've prayed for the graces to forgive, to, you know, to ask God again please help me with this. If I haven't really truly forgiven, please grant me the graces to, to truly forgive. And then maybe take the time in that moment, pray for that person. Maybe that person needs a special prayer. And that is real love, you know, to take the time to pray for our enemies to not only forgive. And we could talk about that, how Jesus taught St. Faustina, mm -hmm. you know, what was required, you know, but we might get into that later on, not just to not just to forgive, but to actually do good to that person. And, yeah. we, you know, like I said, we'll get, we'll get into that later. Okay. 
Yeah, but but that is kind of the the logical next step of just how how do we love those who hate us or those who seek to destroy yeah. or hurt us? Right, and it really is only with God's grace because God's grace is absolutely necessary because you know it's just very difficult to love and forgive those who who you know harm us, who hate us, and who seek to destroy us. Even quite possibly, it's totally impossible to do so. It really is totally impossible on our own human efforts, but with, you know, without God's grace to, to do this, or we can't fool ourselves and say, oh, I, I, you know, I'll just do this. But if we're not asking God for that grace, that important mm-hmm. grace, we can't do it. It is impossible. You know, because we're, like I said earlier, we might still be, you know, feeling um, stinging from that, that the pain of that wrongdoing, that person who has afflicted us. And so it's hard forgive but with god's grace we can rise to the occasion we can pray for that person we can ask you know to we can ask god to forgive them too you know so it takes courage it takes virtue it takes prayer prayer and the sacraments the sacraments will really help us you know especially confession and frequent eucharist because that strengthens us in spiritual life and helps us to want to, you know, to desire mm-hmm. to even forgive, to desire to ask God for the grace to forgive, right? Yeah. yeah, we need a conversion of our hearts to begin to love the way that God wants us to love, the way that God yeah. loves. Now, exactly. Now, let me play devil's advocate for a moment. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't this command to love and to forgive, doesn't this sort of sound like we aren't allowed to resist evil? Does this mean we have to be doormats? Mm, I know it does, and that's why I think some of our, you know, people who might not understand the faith and understand what it is to be a Christian, what it is to be a Christian Catholic, you know, what God calls us to do, and it seems so contradictory, but again, you know, we're called by God to live a countercultural life, you know, because the culture, you know, um, the, the darkness of the culture, you know, gives us, uh, prods us to to uh, want to just feel good all the time, want to just take care of ourselves, and, and of course not help the ones who do us wrong. But as a Christian, you know, God calls us to forgive. But it's not, you know, sadly there are folks who think forgiving evil means putting up with evil. Mm-hmm. It means putting up with that wrongdoing. But this is not the case. This is not what being a Christian is or forgiving, as our Lord calls us to do. It's not being a doormat or accepting or condoning the evil. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to stop and, rem- you know, just think about this. Remember, Jesus forgave his enemies even as he hung suffering on the cross. So, you know, he even asked his Father to forgive them. So mm-hmm. we're called to be, you know, to be like Jesus. And this is only accomplished through prayer and sacraments and begging God for the graces. You know, and as I said, it, it does take courage and love, you know, to rise to that occasion, to rise to, to want to forgive our enemies, because we need to die to self, you know, it's not easy to die to self when we want to kind of be, you know, right, and we want to, you know, be, feel like, gosh, you know, they had no right to talk to me that way, or, you know, that kind of thing. It happens to us so many times in the course of the day where we might feel insulted or some some little thing irks Mm -hmm. us or whatever. But we can pause and ponder. We can respond in a loving way. The loving way might be to be silent. It might be to walk away from it if it was something terrible. 
it might be to correct a wrong even, um, but to pray, to pray for the grace, you know, to, to be able to respond in, with Christ's love. And we're not always going to do it right. We're not mm-hmm. always going to. We are going to fall sometimes, but then, you know, we could humble ourselves and even, um, you know, ask forgiveness of that person. You know, maybe they wronged us in some way and maybe we snapped back, but maybe God has given us that opportunity, wow, to let him shine and to come through to even um, say to that person, you know, when you said that, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way and I'm sorry I said that. And, you know, maybe it'll give them pause to ponder what they said to us. So. Mm-hmm. God works in, in amazing ways, in mysterious ways. And so these things that happen to us in the course of a day, the little pinpricks, the little kinds of frustrations and things, could be such an opportunity for great. Yep. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But let me push the the devil's advocacy a little further. Aren't <laughs> you like some... to do that. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a useful role for an interview. It is, it is. Aren't some acts of evil unforgivable? Well, it sure seems that way, doesn't it? It certainly mm-hmm. seems like some horrific evil is unforgivable, or should be, because, it, you know, it makes our blood boil. I mean, it may, it's just so... I mean, there is a, a righteous anger, you know, when you know unborn babies are being killed and children are being harmed or different things, but we mm-hmm. could use that in a in a good way by praying or doing something to help. And, you know, evil is evil and it's terrible. It's horrendous. It's simply wrong. Yet Jesus told St. Faustina that his mercy is for the most hardened of sinners. Mm-hmm. And he actually died for them. And, you know, he died for all of us, but he emphasized to St. Faustina that the most hardened sinners should not fear to approach his unfathomable mercy. So, mm-hmm. He, you know, he, and he always goes after the lost sheep, you know, the one out on the cliff. So sometimes he uses us, too, to be the conduit through, you know, our loving acts of mercy. So sometimes Jesus uses us to save those souls, to help those souls, to help them off of the cliff. But yes, you know, his mercy is for the most hardened of sinners. So, you know, we we really have to work at this. We really have to pray to become that loving, uh, merciful person that God wants us to be, the one that can actually see that that person that does evil to us. Wow, they're crying out for for help, and mm-hmm. maybe we're the only one right now in their life who will actually stop and pray for them or actually say something kind to them. And it could happen in the, the littlest ways or the or really big ways. It could be just somebody in traffic or you never, you know, just pray for that person and, and and try to extend God's mercy to that person by being a merciful uh, vessel. You know, Jesus talked to St. Faustina a lot about vessels of grace, and mm-hmm. sometimes she wasn't happy with the vessel of grace. Sometimes he said, you know, you, sometimes you're not happy with this vessel, but, you know, in, in my own way of interpreting it, um, just not very articulately right now, but something like, you know, but when you are, when you accept that vessel of my grace, you know, whatever way it comes to you, mm-hmm. so much good happens, you know, and I really you move powerfully because you're accepting that vessel of grace. We could be like for somebody doing something to us, um, that kind of thing, but God can bring so much good out of it. Um, by, you know, turning to him, turning to him as quickly as we can and not let it fester and turn into something else. Okay. 
Yeah, let's turn let's turn to one of the experts in forgiveness then. What does St. Faustina have to say about forgiving enemies? Yes, exactly. We learn so much from that humble little mystic, that humble saint, that humble little sister in the convent when people picking on her and not believing her and her superiors and everything she went through so much to to try to be obedient to carry out that amazing mission that Jesus gave her. And, you know, one of the things she said was, we resemble God most when we forgive our neighbors. You know, she knew that we're supposed to resemble God and imitate Him, you know. And one time she said, he who knows how to forgive prepares for himself many graces from God. And she said something, I don't have the quote in front of me, um, something to the effect that whenever she gazed upon a crucifix, she saw the need to forgive. You know, Mm -hmm. she just was reminded of Jesus' suffering and how he forgave, you know. She learned so much from Jesus because he taught taught her, and thank God she was obedient and, you know, uh, wrote down all of his teachings and everything he wanted her to write down in the diary because we have the benefit of that now. But one of the things that he said to her was, the greatest misery does not stop me from uniting myself to a soul, but where there is pride, I'm not there. And he said, and he told her how to fight Satan's temptations. I think it's so important because you asked me, you know, what she teaches us about forgiveness. And she what she teaches, she learned from Jesus, you know, and he taught her how to fight the temptation of Satan. And mm-hmm. he said, don't, do not fight against temptation by yourself, but disclose it to the confessor at once. Yeah. And then temptation will be forced. So, you know, this is for us too, when we're having trouble forgiving someone, when we're, we're going through some terrible ordeal, whatever it is, you mm-hmm. know, don't let it fester and, you know, mull around it and just kind of not do anything about it, you know, Either get to confession, speak to a confessor or a priest or trusted holy friend, mm-hmm. um, but definitely bring it straight to prayer. And he said, Jesus also told her, do not lose peace. You know, when you go through these ordeals, do not lose peace. Live in my presence. Yeah. And he said, ask my mother and the saints for help. So I want to say that, you know, to interject here in Jesus' words about asking my mother and the saints for help that we always have recourse to them. We always have their help. So mm-hmm. we should really form regular prayer habits to invoke them, you know, in the yeah. morning, first in the morning, throughout the day, in the evening, because we, we're in a spiritual battle, every single one of us, and we, we really need all the help and protection we can get. Sometimes mm-hmm. that, that attack, that affliction, whatever it is, is in this very topic we're speaking about in this whole whole notion of forgiveness because if we're not forgiving we're Mm -hmm. not really listening to our lord we're not really acting upon the graces we're not we're not accepting the vessel of grace you know so we have to learn to um, call upon mother mary who's such a strong protector and such um, an amazing mother who brings us straight to her son and teaches us so much and all of the saints so let's get in the habit of you know so we don't just breeze through the you know get caught up in the day and all the things we have to do and not call upon them. Mm-hmm. We need to call upon them because we absolutely need their help, you know. And he, he said some other things, too. I'll just mention quickly that um, he said to her not to fear the struggles of the soul or any temptations because I am supporting you. If you're willing to fight, 
know that the victory is always on your side. And that reminds me of Jesus telling us to pick up our crosses and follow him, you know? So he, mm-hmm. he tells us that he is supporting us, and if we are willing to fight, so that's important, because, mm-hmm. you know, we sit around and really not put the effort into it, but he's saying, if you're willing to fight, you know, then, you know, know that the victory is on your side. That should be music to our ears to know yeah. that he supporting us. And he said, you give me great glory and amass merits for yourself. And temptation gives you a chance to show me your fidelity. So the temptation could be in these forms of, you know, forgiving or not forgiving, you know, or mm-hmm. we're tempted to, the devil tempts us, you know, oh, hold the grudge, don't, I mean, that person, look what she did to you, you know, she said this in front of those other people, and that was just uncalled for. And so, you, but God is saying, Jesus said that his great glory, uh, what she, when we listen to him, we give him great glory, and we amass merit for ourselves. So through these temptations, we have these opportunities to show our fidelity to Jesus. Yep. I hope I didn't go too long on that answer. No, that's about all right. <laughs> that's all right. I think, though, that I I can imagine some of our listeners hearing all this and saying, that's very well for Jesus and the saints, because they're Jesus and the saints. But right, for right. us, you know, St. Faustina is a model of, of forgiveness and mercy, but it can is she one for us? I mean, we're, we're little souls. We're yes. ordinary folk. We're fallen. Yes. She definitely is. She was just a, a, a humble Polish farm girl, you mm-hmm. know, and she just wanted, she loved God and she wanted to do his will. And she, yeah. and she even got, you know, had a lot of trouble um, doing what she thought was God's will by entering the convent because her parents didn't want her to go. They didn't have mm-hmm. the money for the dowry and she was supposed to help on the farm. So, you know, she had a lot of struggles, but she wanted to please God and she was just a normal you know, everyday, ordinary, some people would say insignificant, mm-hmm. nobody, because she really was not very educated either, just a couple, a year and a half of formal education. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, and look at us, you know, so we we can really relate to St. Faustina. She was just a normal person. She wasn't too far. We don't have to dust the, the pages off of history too much to, mm-hmm. to learn about her, because she's, she's not too far in our distant past. And um, just a normal person who, who aspired to holiness, just like we are all called to do. We're all on this journey, you know, to get to heaven on this narrow path, and we need to reach out to the saints. So, you know, she just practiced the virtues. She was very obedient to her state of life, and that's the exact same thing we're supposed to do, whatever it is, whatever our state of life is. Now, God's not saying, you know, you have to go to the other side of the world and be a missionary over there because you've got to convert mm-hmm. that whole part of the world. He's saying, you do it right where I put you. Yep. Maybe I'll send you to the other side of the world at some point, but right now, here's where you are. Mm-hmm. You're a nun. You're a priest. You're a lay person. You're this. You're that. And this is where I want you, you know, to love and to do your works of mercy. And mm-hmm. and so that's what she did. She was obedient to her state of life as a lay person and then as a nun. And she forgave those who humiliated her, who tormented her, and things like that. And so, that also, she tirelessly worked to propagate the message of divine mercy to the world. And, of course, it's within this message that we learn to seek our Lord's mercy and to strive to become merciful people. Mm-hmm. So thank God that she taught us this. 
and um, thank God she said yes to that to that mission. So I think a lot of it was her obedience to her state in life and her acceptance of her difficult mission. You know, and that's a tremendous aid to all of us traveling on this narrow path that leads to heaven because she, this simple Polish farm girl, raised to the heights of heaven as a canonized saint. It's what we're all called. This mm-hmm. is our journey. We're all called to do the same thing, to do what God asks us to do. And if we're not sure what that is, you know, being obedient to our state of life. So many saints tell us this. That's yeah. what we're called to do. So it, it, so much happens in the nitty-gritty details of yeah. daily life. And, um, you know, whether we're, you know, pushing a broom someplace or, you know, teaching at a university or working on a farm, whatever it mm-hmm. is, God wants to do it to the best of our ability. So, yeah. yes, St. Faustina teaches us so much. and She really was so humble and just so normal. <laughs> yeah. And she, she, you know, she, she was so lovely. And I think that's such an important point that the difference between us and the saints is persistence and grace. Yeah. That that yeah. what's missing isn't some sort of, you know, if you just try harder or if you'd, you know, yeah. if you just knew the secret and when there's, there is no secret, there's just getting up and putting yourself yeah. in the hands of God. Right. That's exactly, that's exactly right. And a lot of the saints, of course, fell, fell flat on their faces mm-hmm. sometimes. But the difference between, you know, the reason they became a saint is because they got back up. They yeah. dusted themselves off. They got to confession. They prayed. Yeah. And so it's the same with us. It's, it's, a, it's a journey. And there's, you know, there are lots of twists and turns in the road. Some of them yeah. are our own fault, and some of them are just the way our Lord wants it to be so we can get to heaven, mm-hmm. you know, through these trials and tribulations and things that might happen along the way. Yeah. So, yes. And we've learned so much from the saints. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because they are what we are aspiring to be. It's not as though yeah. the saints are these superheroes who lived 500 years ago and we will we will never see their like again. It's right. the things that made them saints are the Eucharist, our baptism, our confession, our confirmation. And those are still being distributed in the world today. And like you had said about Faustina's, she's such a modern woman. She lived in Poland just before World War II. Yes. And she she went to dances with her sisters and her girlfriends, and she did think, you know, she was was still holy and she prayed, but she didn't, you know, regular things. And and then that time Jesus showed up at the dance. Yeah. And that's a a major turning point in her her life when he called to her in a very profound way. Um, So... But that's another story, and that's in my books, and that's in the diary. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, and the saints, they're our family, too. You know, yeah. We are going to see them at one, at one point, and we can become friends with them. There's certain ones, and I think they pick us out, too. Mm-hmm. They choose us, and I found that out with Faustina and Mother Teresa and a few others. That yeah. you know, They came into my life, and I feel humbled and blessed to be able to share with the world, really, about their lives, mm-hmm. you know, to try to inspire others to to strive for heaven. Yeah. Talk to me about some of those other saints. Faustina is very sure. important to us, especially here at Marian Press, but who are some of those yeah. other saints who have modeled forgiveness, and what can we learn from their examples? Well, you know, when you ask that question, the very first one that comes to mind is St. Maria Goretti, because, mm-hmm. you know, what a model of forgiveness. My gosh, a tender, innocent soul who forgave her murderer. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then not only, you know, she forgave him and all of that grace and 
what are, are God's power, you know, moving through that terrible, terrible tragedy. But he ended up, you know, repenting and converting and eventually joining the order of Friars Minor Capuchins, you know. So that's, she's an amazing saint that, we, you know, we should get to know her, a, a young, you know, a young girl. And Mother Teresa, of course, I can't not mention her because mm-hmm. she taught by word and action. You know, yep. by word and action, she modeled forgiveness. And, I, you know, she was such a model of mercy, to be sure. And she always taught, one thing that stuck with me a lot is um, she emphasized that love begins at home. You know, and so, mm-hmm. you know, we might, so we can be confident and we can be content where God puts us. You know, in our everybody has a domestic church, whether you're a parent or a grandparent or not. You're, you Once we're a child, you're mm-hmm. in a family. So you worked out your salvation. You started to work it out, you know, then. So when we listen to Mother Teresa, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, we know that amid the challenges and the joys and the forgiveness that we have to dole out over and over again in a family, mm-hmm. you know, we learn how to truly love and how to truly forgive. Yep. So that's really necessary, you know, in a family because that's where we're working on our salvation. So that's something I learned from Mother Teresa. And St. Rita, you know, she's a great patron saint of the impossible, of impossible cases. She was married to a tyrant husband, and she also forgave the, the men who murdered her husband, and she became a nun after her husband and her sons died. That's an, an amazing story about her sons. And, mm-hmm. You know, they wanted to seek revenge on the murderers, and she prayed for them, and she was even willing to, you know, give away, you know, give them right to God. In other words, she said to God, if they have to die before they commit these sins, please, you know, take them. And they came down with a terrible illness and died in the graces of the Church. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds very uh, amazing, I, for lack of better words, but, you know, St. Rita, she's she's a great one to, um, mm-hmm. to go to. I, I remember I had her picture hanging in my laundry room many, many years ago at, at a different house, different um, many years ago, and I would see her every time I did my laundry. I came close to St. Rita. Mm-hmm. And St. Stephen, of course, the first Christian martyr, his last words were, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. So it sounds so familiar, doesn't yeah. it? Like, you know, what Jesus said on the cross. And... Um, you know, St. Gemma was known for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. There's so many saints that teach us. St. John Vianney, he, he said the saints have not hated, no bitterness. They forgave everything and think they deserve much more than their for their offenses. Mm-hmm. So we're always learning from the saints. They modeled forgiveness. So we can maybe, you know, uh, jot that down on a to-do list or something. Forgive. Yeah. Um, and, and seek out these saints that teach us you know, to forgive and, mm-hmm. and pray, pray to them and say, you know, say, please ask God, you know, to grant me the graces, be a, be a spokesperson for me, ask him, intercede for me. You know, we can ask the saints this. We can go to God directly, of course, but the saints are our friends, they're our family, and they, they want us to get to heaven too. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that you give people so those, a really... Sorry. Sorry, I was going to pick my list of who I, you know, who, who comes, who come to mind, yeah. and uh, but my many, many more, of course, are mm-hmm. wonderful models of forgiveness. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, I think that you give people a fairly good training course, and 
and how to live this this uh, theology and spirituality of mercy in 52 weeks with Saint Faustina um, especially since we live in such hard times we're in what John Paul called the culture of death and what Benedict the 16th called yeah. the dictatorship of relativism um, so talk a little bit about yeah. living Christian mercy in this sort of culture in these times how do how do we live this today yeah, that that is a real great question because uh, lots of people are confounded they're they're confused they're upset at what goes on in the culture mm-hmm. what goes on in politics what you know we're living in tough times we definitely need prayer we need earnest prayer for, you know, we need to pray earnestly for those in error, right? A lot, mm-hmm. um, it reminds me, I wasn't thinking of saying this, but it reminds me of speaking with my elderly neighbor one time, and he was really upset about things he couldn't change. And it was at the beginning of the, the war in Ukraine and different things in politics, and, and he was just so upset. And I just told him, you know what, I can't do anything to change that, but I can pray. And, and he said, I wish I had faith like you. And I said, you, you, you can, because I know he was baptized, and um, I don't think he's practicing his faith right now. But it just was a little opportunity to let him know that when you feel like you can't do anything to change these terrible things, you can pray. Mm-hmm. And that is a great, that's a great mercy. That is a great mercy to pray, especially when you know, we're talking about praying for our enemies, praying for those who hurt us, mm-hmm. praying for those who are in what's going on in our culture today and those who are in error mm-hmm. we you know we take the time or many people take the time to criticize and to complain about it but do we pray for that soul do we pray that that person might change miracles happen so we could we could pray for them or we could turn our back mm-hmm. and condemn them but god asks us you know to be merciful people and a good part of that is shown in our charity and in our prayers for sinners. You know, we, we need to we need to uh, step up to the plate and, and to pray. I think it's the only thing we can do um, in these times. You know, throughout history, you know, we we just need to pray and to do what we're called to do to right wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think basically it boils down to that we need to be merciful people. In any way that we can, that does not mean to condone any evil. Mm-hmm. It means, you know, to, to want what God wants, to want the good, and to pray, uh, to be an example, to be a, a light to others. Even a smile is a light. Even a kind word is a help to, to someone who's struggling. And mm-hmm. you know, God can work powerfully through us, and we, we should know that, and to just keep seeking His grace and His help and His mercy, so yep. we can give it to others. Okay. And and I think that in our in our culture people people talking about prayer sounds like you're you're prescribing sort of a self-help thing. Oh, you know, meditation is good for you kind of thing or mindfulness is important or things that are that are just natural that are only kind of about mind and body, but but Christian understanding of prayer is so much bigger than that, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, because we, we have to pray. We have to pray for divine mercy uh, on the world. Mm-hmm. And we have to, you know, continue. 
And um, like Jesus said, you know, to follow me, to be my follower, you need to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. And so I believe that we need to, you know, just be a prayerful, a prayerful person, prayerful, be prayerful people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's essential. And, you know, Our Lady of Fatima requested our prayers for sinners, and she said, so many are going to hell because there's no one to pray for them. Mm-hmm. So we need we need to beg mercy on our world, on, on our people, yep. um, on ourselves. And it's accomplished through prayer and penance, too. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I answered that question. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, that's all right. I think I think that you were talking about some important things. I want to bring out a little more about the power of grace, I think, that that we live in a world that tends to think of the world as solely consisting of the, the physical or the, yeah. the things that we see in day-to-day life and trying to treat those things as though they're simply their appearances, as though they are uh, as as limited as our understanding of them rather than mysteries rather than a gift from God um, and right. and that the world is a place of grace as well as nature that yes. God God is with us God is and and powerful to act not not that he kicked off the whole thing at some point in the distant past then is gone somehow but that he is holding us in existence from moment to moment with love and memory which then means that when we pray, we are opening up this world that we see to all sorts of wonders. Yeah, that was beautiful, Chris. That's absolutely true. There's there's so much to the invisible world, you know, and the spiritual world, and and, and to pray and and to you know get closer and closer to God, and what that would open up for ourselves and for others. Mm-hmm. And I think that you explore that really well as you sort of dwell with Faustina in both Divine Mercy in a Woman's Life and 52 Weeks with St. Faustina, that Faustina is right there with us as, as we're reading your books. Thank you. I, I pray so much when I, when I write these books, and I feel very blessed that, you know, I had a relic of St. Faustina with me at all times in the writing, and so much happened during the journey of writing a book, and I really got very close to her. I consider her to be such a wonderful sister, and so I tried to encourage others, you know, to get to know her, to let her be your sister, you know, and um, it, she will, she will, she she loves us, and she, she'll guide us closer and closer to Jesus's beautiful, uh, amazing, sacred heart, you know, mm-hmm. his, his divine mercy, his love and mercy. Okay. Now, let me ask you uh, uh, sort of an odd question, I suppose. There's a passage of St. Paul's where he writes, Beloved, do not look for revenge, but leave room for the wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Rather, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. And that's Romans twelve twenty. Uh, and it's funny that this comes up right now because I was just looking at um, the Marian Renovator, one of the great figures in the Marian congregation's history, Blessed George Bachelitis. His Episcopal motto was conquer evil with good. So this mm. is this feels very timely. How does this yeah. work, though? I mean, this this sounds impossible. How, how does mm-hmm. forgiveness and mercy 
act as a, almost as a spiritual weapon. Well, yeah, because God is behind all of that, and we have to trust God. We have to trust the vessel of grace. And mm-hmm. Jesus said, you know, he he said when we don't trust him, and that trust is the answer, um, we simply cannot be conquered by evil, and mm-hmm. we must conquer evil with good. And it's what our Lord did for us. He sets, He's the one who sets the great example. Mm-hmm. And the devil would like us to seek revenge for evil, you know? And then what happens, Chris? Mm-hmm. If we're all going to seek revenge for evil, the whole world is going to hell yeah. <laughs> in a handbasket. There's no one good left because we're, we're all going running around uh, killing everybody and, and, and seeking revenge. But with God's grace, his love and mercy, evil is conquered and good prevails. Mm-hmm. Only God can do that. Only God can do that in our cooperation yep. with his grace. So the answer to how that's done just God. He calls, Jesus calls us to be his instruments of mercy. And he never said it was going to be easy, but he always reassures us though through the teachings mm-hmm. and through the saints. And he always reassures us that he will be with us and he will assist us. So there's nothing that we need to worry about. There's nothing, you know, it sounds easier said than done because, you know, people are suffering and they have tremendous um, trials and tribulations and, and losses and sorrows, and they might think that that sounds so trite and so, you know, how could you say there's nothing to worry about? Mm-hmm. But when we trust God, when we trust Him, when we wholeheartedly trust Him with all our hearts, mm-hmm. we'll begin to see that He orchestrates everything. Not that He wants evil to happen, but He He allows such good to come of it when we mm-hmm. can pray and pray to offer and unite it with his sufferings and it becomes redemptive for our own souls and for the souls of others. Yeah. And we, we should really remember that he said he's most saddened. He told St. Faustina and he tells us that he's most saddened when we do not trust him. In order to trust him, we have to see he's the divine physician. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly what we need and when we need it. Exactly. Because if we had everything we wanted, we might go to hell. I'm sorry to say, we might not make it to heaven. Yep. We'd be like spoiled children. He knows he's got to burnish us and guide us and and give us things in our lives that that will help us to you mm-hmm. know to, to get to heaven one day. So we have to trust God. We can pray for the grace, and we can you know help others to trust as well by yeah. praying for them and you know loving them and helping them in whatever way that we can. Because He puts us here, He puts us right where we are to help all those around us. You know, and in, yeah. in, in even through technology and media and everything, thank God mm-hmm. we can use that. We can use it for good, yep. as uh, some of our popes have told us. Saint John Paul II, uh, Pope Benedict. I always want to say Saint. Yeah. <laughs> Pope Benedict, and um, even Pope Francis, I think, has said to use it for the good. So there's a lot that can be done, and as Father Hardin used to say, there's work to be done. Yeah. <laughs> and we need to do it. Can you give us an example of living this, either from your own life or from one of the saints? Living, living the, the power living. of forgiveness to overcome evil. Oh um, yes! Oh my gosh! Not, nothing like throwing in a, a dilly of a question yeah. at the end. Um, well, in my own life, I, I've I've had to I've had to uh, learn to forgive. I've had to forgiveness doesn't come easy. As I said, mm-hmm. it's a continual process. So I don't know. What you want me to say, but maybe a, a, a couple examples is, you know, in my own life. Uh, well, I was held captive by a man with automatic weapons, and uh, 
terrible things happened to me in my life, and and uh, I didn't think to. For- I was young. I didn't mm-hmm. think to forgive that person, you know, right away. But as I went along in life, I realized, and as I got closer to God, I realized that forgiveness was so so important, and uh, for my own soul too, and mm-hmm. for, for and you know, and for that person, hopefully. Um, and you know, I was left by the side of the road by my husband. Um, I was ready to give birth to my child, um, my third child by cesarean, and he got out of the car and stuck out his thumb and hitchhiked away. Mm-hmm. And um, sorry to say that happened, uh, but it did. And so uh, it's not easy in that moment when your daughter is in the backseat crying and crying. If you saw that whole thing and you're mm-hmm. going to have a baby and all of that, and to think about forgiveness, but we can pray for the graces and we can. Um, you know, God allows us to live through certain things, too, so we can have that empathy for others, so that we can have that love and mer- and, and be able to extend mercy to others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, think the things that happen to us in our lives, are we going to let them, you know, swallow us up and, and make us become bitter people and angry and unhappy and just sickly even? You know, we can become very sick physically mm-hmm. even because of, of our lack of forgiveness. So I think it's so important to to try to learn from, you know, our lives and the the different experiences and pray to God to show us, you know, open our eyes, open our hearts. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, but it's it's important for us to pray to be a forgiving person, to offer God's love and mercy to others. And, and, you know... um, (laughs) I wish we, I don't know how much time we have, but I, I often think of Fulton Sheehan, and I'll try to say it quickly, how mm-hmm. he was so merciful to a dying man, a sinner. Uh, his sister begged Fulton Sheehan to visit him and, um, and said 17 priests were already thrown out of his room, and, you know, he didn't want anything to do with anybody, and he was going to die any time. And mm-hmm. Fulton Sheehan was so patient with him and so loving and so he did this for 40 nights, and he stayed there only 10 seconds each time because the man said, get out. Yep. Anyway, long, long story short, at the very end, oh, my gosh, um, you know, the man just still threw him out. And uh, mm-hmm. Colton Sheehan went right up to his face, his cancerous face, and said, you're going to die, though. Could you please ask God for mercy? Mm-hmm. And he said, no, get out. And so Colton Sheehan stopped at the, the nurse's station and said, I'll Oh, I'll be I'll be on call. You know, just call me if he needs me. I'll come back for confession for mm-hmm. anything. So the phone rang. I think it was three in the morning, and and the nurse said he died. And Fulton Sheehan's heart must have sunk mm-hmm. a little bit. He said, "What happened?" And she said, "Well, moments after you left, he started crying out to God, have mercy on me, have mercy.'" Mm-hmm all the way till the end of his life till he died. Can you imagine? So love and mercy are powerful. Absolutely. And that's the essential message of your divine mercy in a woman's life, milestones along the way. And I think you share yes. the Fulton Sheen story and more like it in that book. <laughs> yes, yes. And so many amazing stories unfolded during the writing of the book and I'm just so thankful to God that I can share them, and I'm thankful to Mary and Press for for asking me to write these books so we could get this out to the world. Well, thanks for being with us today, Donna Marie. Thank you so much, Chris. God bless you and all that you do.
To Order Divine Mercy in a Woman's Life, Milestones Along the Way, by Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle, please visit shopmercy.org. This has been Sparks of Mercy. Thanks for listening. Pray for me, I'll pray for you. Jesus, I trust in you. I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you.